0: My Mum Made Me, the show about the wonderful and sometimes the weird ways in which our mums make us who we are today. (laughs) Hi, it's Paul here. I really hope you're enjoying the show, and I'm going to ask you a favour if you are. Please do follow us. If you do, you'll get to hear all of the episodes first, and of course it helps with my self-esteem. I'm only joking. Don't forget to rate us. We're currently on 4.9 stars, which is really exciting, and every rating makes my mum, Teresa, laugh just a little bit more today i'm joined by owen gold and much to my shame i have actually only spent a weekend with owen which sounds more salacious than it should be we hung out in the new york's famous fire island but for a brief but a wonderful weekend where i sort of fell in love with owen because he is such a wonderful great rich personality and so the opportunity to kind of speak with you again owen is wonderful because i'm so keen to sort of like actually learn about you but also like through the prism of your relationship with your mom but first of all hello hello hi where are you calling in from
1: my apartment in rainy new york in brooklyn
0: you're everywhere now like you're cutting hair i've seen all your stuff on instagram like really proud of you congratulations how does it feel
1: thank you so much It feels good. You know, you always, I think as an artist, you're always comparing yourself to other people. And especially with the invention of Instagram, you're seeing what everybody else is doing. So it always feels to me like there's somebody doing something better. So it's hard to sort of sit back and recognize sort of how far I've come in my career. But I do think that's important to do. And so when somebody like yourself reminds me of that, it feels good. Yeah.
0: Introduce your mom. Like, what's her name?
1: So, my mom's name is Donna Paganello, and she is a full blooded Italian woman. Mm-hmm. Really thick, thick, curly black hair. And She's got a prominent Italian nose. That's where I get my nose from.
0: (laughs) Gorgeous. I'm thinking kind of, you know, Lady Gaga, Star is Born moment of, yeah, okay, I've got a good mental picture.
1: Yep, like that. A little bit Meryl Streep, but with Cher's curly hair from like the mid 80s. (laughs)
0: gorgeous like it's so interesting because like you work you're, you're an artist you work with hair and you've taught you've sort of defined your mom by her hair like have you done her hair before have you like shaped it into like what it is today and how much of it is like her personality as well
1: yeah it's interesting she has hair like nobody else that I've ever met and I think it's a defining character of her all my friends growing up they would say, is that your mom with like the big black curly hair? And (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So I think what I don't do enough is let her know what I'm doing professionally. And so what happens often is that she'll see something that I've done on Instagram. And her first question or comment will be, well, why didn't you tell me you were doing that? (laughs)
0: Like what? Give us an example.
1: You know, she'll know that I'm traveling. But if I'm going to the Venice Film Festival to get People ready for the red carpet, or in a couple weeks, I'm actually going to Cannes to do the Cannes Film Festival. It's just, I sometimes just forget because it starts to feel normal to me. And I forget that, you know, as a mother, she wants to know all of these things and who I'm and how did I end up meeting the person that I'm working with and how much they must really like me if they're willing to fly me across the world. So she reminds me to be a little bit more communicative because I think, yeah, I take it with a grain of salt. She grew up in a very strict Catholic upbringing. So there was a lot of church on Sundays and things like that. And interestingly enough, she, as she got older, sort of veered away from that and became more of, I would say, just a spiritual person in this sense. So she actually met my father in what's called an ashram, which is a spiritual community where there's a guru. So there was a guru named Guru Maharaji. And her spiritual practice led her to meeting my father, who was also what they call a devotee of this guru. (laughs) So interestingly enough, and maybe because Catholicism was so all-encompassing as a kid, maybe she rebelled a little bit against that as a young adult.
0: When you see sort of all-encompassing, because of of course, like, you know, the Catholic Church, I mean, I was raised Catholic, which I'll tell you about in a second, actually. Being raised Catholic with a gay mom, quite an interesting kind of upbringing In sort of like where I was. But like, what did that mean in like, I guess, where you grew up in the States? Like, what do you think it meant for her? Was it sort of, she was relegated to being a second-class citizen because she was a woman or was it something else?
1: You know, that's an interesting question. We've never talked too much about her religious experience as a kid. So this is all sort of my interpretation. But my grandparents, her parents were, I'd say, very religious. And Christ and God and all of that was played a big part in their beliefs. And I think I was fortunate enough to be born. I'm the youngest of three. Both my brother and sister are seven years and nine years older than me. So by the time I was born, she was, I would say, just a practicing spiritualist. We didn't go to church unless we were visiting my grandparents. And so I would say that sort of religious experience wasn't something that I was too familiar with. So I'm much more spiritual i think because of her you know i believe in something but not necessarily quite as specific as the catholic church
0: it is so interesting because certainly my experience and i think my perception is when it comes to our parents beliefs now they can be religious they can be moral they can whatever some people, and I would count me, some of these people, like can rebel against it. So, like my mum is like devoutly Catholic. She goes to church before the pandemic. She used to go to church five times a week, but she's also very radical. And me rebelling against it was sort of like not doing all of those things. But what's interesting here from you is like your not that this is just two types, but your kind of reaction or interpretation of that with your mum was to sort of see, I guess, the beauty of her experience, like with that spirituality or kind of religion and kind of like co-opt it in yourself. But the way you described the sort of the ashram and sort of for kind of listeners who don't necessarily have that like depth of understanding or, or kind of experience, what does that actually mean? Like, was she sort of like living in the community or was it sort of something you kind of go to every, I don't know, Friday, Sunday, whatever? Like, how did she live that part of her life?
1: I think that she... I'm not sure she ever lived there. I know that my dad did. I think she was just sort of a student of life and curious, maybe possibly to rebel against her own strict religious upbringing, but maybe more so just because she's a curious person by nature, dipped her toe in and then met my dad, who I think opened her up more to that world. And it was certainly, I think, more accepting of all types of people and all types of belief. And I think that's something that appealed to her. And so as we got older, I think they kind of left the ashram. This is before I was born and just kind of adopted their own spiritual beliefs, which was, I think, a mix of maybe a little bit of their upbringing, but more what they we're discovering as young kind of young adults in the 60s and 70s.
0: Mm. Mm. The sort of the picture like both visual mental that I'm building up of your wonderful mom is as someone who is very kind of like on a level almost sen, but like you know we all know how it is growing up with any parent you must have done some stuff to like really kind of like get her goat or piss off like as a kid like what would be this sort of stuff that you do where you would just sort of accidentally rile her or she'd sort of you know transform a little bit like how mischievous were you and kind of how did you react to that
1: I think I was quite a difficult kid I know that there was some turmoil around the time of my birth between my dad and my mom. And I think she was suffering a little bit from depression and issues with my father. And so I was constantly trying to get anybody's attention. And I think I did that in kind of obnoxious, disruptive ways, looking
0: back. If it's not too personal a question, like in a kind of like classic... Kid, way or was there something else?:
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe a little classic kid way, but I remember my parents having to come to school because there were other kids who I was accused of bullying in a sense. I think I was acting out in a way using my physical strength. I was always like a heavy set kid and a little bit most of the kids in my grade. I think I was just vaguely aware of the turmoil that was happening at home. I didn't know what was happening, but I knew that something between my mom and my dad wasn't quite right. And so I think I acted out just getting in trouble in school, sometimes skipping school, sometimes lying. I think I would lie a lot as a kid.
0: Yeah. How did she react to that? Like, because did she see it as you've described it now with the benefit of hindsight or? Yeah,
1: I think, you know. I, yeah, definitely. I think we can both look back and talk about some challenging years in my adolescence and kind of figure out that, yeah, it it was a kid being a kid who maybe didn't feel seen and really wanted the attention of, you know, her, essentially.
0: When did you first start to feel seen? And how did your mom play into that as well?
1: That's interesting. I ended up going to a for lack of a better word, like a hippie summer camp every year from the age of 10 until 17, I think. And then I ended up actually working there as a counselor. And I felt like that was a life-defining, character-defining experience for me because it was a place to really just be yourself and express all of your essence in, what's the word eccentricities
0: what's the word Ex- yeah, yeah yeah eccentricities yeah you got it you got it yeah
1: <laughs> I, you know i was struggling with my sexuality and this was a place where you could be gay you know a whatever you wanted to be there wasn't labels it was really a, a little bit of an oasis and something that i looked forward to every year so i think once i started going to that every summer, I would come back and I would feel a little bit more myself. And therefore, I think a little bit more seen.
0: And did that change your feeling of, as you say, being seen and being more yourself? Did that start to change or perhaps evolve the relationship that you had with your mum?
1: Yeah, she, I would come back and she would say, you know, I've never seen you this happy. I think it meant a lot her to be able to see me thriving in an environment when perhaps years earlier, I wasn't thriving. And I always, I would come back and I would just say, I'm so grateful that you found this place for me to go because, you know, those connections, I'm still close with a lot of those people that I met as a kid. And as I said before, I think it really just, opened my eyes to a world where you could be different. You know, it's hard being human, but it's also hard being gay and young and living in a rural like you, or if they are like you, seeing how they're treated, you know, bullied or, or whatever. It's just, it was an angsty period for me. And so that summer or those summers, you know, it was three weeks every summer. It was something that I would just look forward to the whole year. So,
0: yeah. Thank you. Owen, just honestly, like, I mean, my mom's gay and has been, well, she came out to me when she was sort of like 12. So like, as a sort of like an adolescent, as a young teenager, as a young gay teenager, I kind of had that support. But like so many don't. And it sounds like the way you're describing your mom and the way she either intentionally or unintentionally searched out this space for you to grow and discover. That is the mom that everyone wants, like particularly as a gay kid. Like, did you kind of like appreciate that at the time?
1: Yeah, I did. I remember never having to have that conversation with my mom. I remember driving in the car with her and this one time, I think it was quite obvious to everyone, maybe but me. I was a really, really flamboyant kid. And I used to dress up in her clothes and play with Barbie dolls. And it was, you know, it was clear, I think, to everyone around me that I was gay. But she was always very respectful. And I remember one time driving in the car, her asking, trying to bring the subject up, she said, Well, you know, do you think that you might be bisexual? And I was like, ew, mom, no. Like, And she said, okay, well, do you think you might be gay? And I was like, "No, hell no.
0: <laughs>
1: Dropped it. And then I think somewhere around 10th or 11th grade, I started dating a boy in high school and he would come over and it was just very clear that this was my boyfriend and it wasn't anything that I ever had to say to her so I didn't have a big coming out it was sort of like I think she knew yeah from a very early age that this was who I was and never tried to make me feel bad or ashamed or she was yeah
0: mums always know like I think parents always know how they choose to process it is a different thing but like that I mean it's really interesting there's a show on like British Netflix at the moment called Heartstopper and the reason it's sort of like I don't know if you kind of have seen it or know about it but the reason it's blowing up is it is one of the few kind of like gay British I guess like movies or kind of pieces of TV content that has an almost like entirely positive and very sort of like romanticized in a very very good way and portrayal of what it means to be like a gay teenager and the reason I say that is for so many gay kids and I don't know if you feel this way but the sort of the dream looking back would have been to like have a high school boyfriend right or a high school girlfriend like depending if you're a guy or a girl and you had that you had this wonderful human being of a mother who is so supportive. Like, I'm not suggesting for a second that it wasn't hard in other ways, but it sounds like you've sort of been birthed from this very loving egg, which is just so wonderful. It's so wonderful to, like, hear. How much of that, like, whenever I talk to you, you're just so calming, relaxing to speech. Like, you're on a level in the same way that you describe your mom on a level. How much of that experience, that very positive experience, do you think has sort of made you like the way you are today and able to cope with like everything that life has thrown at you, including the pandemic and other things as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, my mom was and continues to be a very grounded, solid influence in my life. And I do think she helped equip me with certain tools to lead a fulfilling life. And life can be tricky and difficult. And there was a period when I was younger, where she introduced me to the idea of manifestation and, you know, visualizing what you want in your life. And she gave me a book called The Artist's Way, which talks a lot, writing down your intention, and that the universe, that you attract what you put out into the universe. That was really something that she introduced to me, you know, spirituality, alternative medicine eating healthy all those things that are sort of very mainstream now she was doing when i was a kid and as a kid i just thought she was weird you know we were eating tofu and soy milk like her to make owen
0: this is something we share literally like my mom raised us vegan and like, I'm guessing you and I might be around the same age. Like I'm 38. Like that's not to cast aspersions on you if you're not 38, but whatever. But like, you know, we're sort of like young, sort of old millennials. Certainly I am. But like growing up in like the late 80s in the north of England with like a vegan diet, that was like some tough shit. <laughs> and imagine for you the same, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. We were eating very strange stir fries and yeah, I just wanted a hamburger like the rest of my friends.
0: We are on social media. How exciting! You can find us on Instagram at my made me pod. You'll get us on Facebook at my Mom made me, Twitter at mum made me, and even TikTok at my Mom made me. Why follow us on socials? Well, you're going to get extra bits from the show. You're going to be able to see our guests on video, and of course, watch her reactions to my mom's lovely and sometimes a little bit weird voice notes. So give us a like and a follow. What would her kind of relationship be with you talking about her in this lovely way?
1: I imagine that her reaction would be very much appreciative in the sense that it will feel like a gift to her. I think she constantly wants to better understand and know her children. And I think that was one of the reasons that I was so interested in talking with you today is because I do feel like it's a gift that I can give to her. You know, I get the opportunity very often to quite so in-depth. And I hope that it also maybe could lead to a deeper understanding of her. There are lots of questions about my mom that I would like to know. And I think she's very good in that mom sense where they want to know everything about their kids, but when you start to ask them questions, I think she can deflect a little bit and rearrange the conversation back to me.
0: Why do you think that is? Is it purely a love thing? Because she's just genuinely so invested in you?
1: I think it's a love thing. I also think she's a complicated person. How so? I think that, you know, that's interesting. I don't really quite know how to answer it, that I think she wants to be the rock and as i get older i want to be the rock for her and she taught me a lot about boundaries you know respecting other people's boundaries i think because i was such a rambunctious and out of control kid that was very important and she's been in therapy on and off for my entire life and I've been therapy on and off and so I don't know if it has something to do with that maybe or maybe it's just the old fashioned you know upbringing of you you're there for your kids and the roles are very defined you know they're the parent, and therefore they need to take care of you but you know I'm curious I want to talk to her and get her opinion what she thinks her life might have been like if she hadn't had kids because I think her life has been so defined At taking care of my older sister who struggles with mental health issues and my brother who had some substance abuse issues and me had anxiety issues. And I don't know if she got to do a lot of living just for her. And I wonder, you know, what that would have looked like.
0: Thank you for sharing both about all of those things. It really does take a bravery to talk about this sort of stuff. You've talked about your mom being this sort of very, these are my words rather than yours, but like very humble, very giving, etc. cetera. And, you know, that clearly sort of is manifested in your memory of her kind of raising you and your siblings, but, you know, not if she didn't have you, but rather if she had that extra time, that extra, you know, an extra 24 hours in the day, every day, what would she be kind of like doing?
1: She has done a lot. She was a masseuse at a certain point. She was a teacher. She... Learned, she went to school to learn Kundalini yoga and practiced that for many years. She had a partner in her 50s who taught her how to play the guitar. So she's, you know, she's a poet, she's a writer. She has a lot of artistic ability, I think, and interest. And wonder if she hadn't had to predominantly raise three kids on her own, if maybe her more creative endeavors would have turned into a profession
0: perhaps. Wow. Yeah. You talk about your mom with your clients. Are you kind of like that open and sort of like relationship building with them?
1: I do. Yeah. If it comes up, my job is interesting because you're navigating so many different personalities and you're oftentimes not the only person in the room. You're working with a makeup artist and a photographer and a stylist. And so you don't get the opportunity often to talk about yourself. And so I found that when I was doing salon work, where you're really just one-on-one with the client, yeah, I would have a little bit of a deeper conversation. And oftentimes, family would arise. And yeah, she was always somebody that had encouraged me. I think she wanted me to maybe be a writer. Mm. I did a lot of writing as a young teen that was satirical in the sense of like, or in the same vein as like a David Sedaris or Mm. an Augustine and she used to love to read my writing and so she would always she still when we talk every week you know she'll ask have you written anything
0: (laughs) oh wow she's so encouraging and like you obviously like hail from both a creative family and a creative environment now I've got to ask the question if there was a biopic of your mom's life okay so two-part question who would you like to play your mom and who would your mom like to play your mom
1: (laughs) Well, as we said earlier, physically, she's got, you know, the Meryl Streep profile with the hair of of Cher in the 80s. (laughs) That's a really good question. Talent wise, I think I would like a Frances McDormand. But, you know, there's a little bit of a Diane Keaton in there.
0: Wow. What a Uh, smorgasbord of characters. And I'm guessing you've done all of their hair, right? (laughs) almost wow that is a claim now i don't know if you know owen maybe because this is an evolution in our relationship so i'm now going to tell you but my mom sends me a little whatsapp voice note every friday between the hour of like 1 and 2 p.m don't ask me why she's chosen that day or that time but she does and i just want to play one of them for you to get your reaction you'll sort of hear a little bit of her kind of voice in it hopefully you can hear this hi thank you for telephoning There was silence, so I tried to ring you back. And you're busy. Okay, Paul, I love you. Talk during the week, because you're busy. I love you. Enjoy your weekends. Bye. Like every... Bless her. Like, she usually starts it with, like, hello, Paul, it's mum. Hello to Yuzu. Hello to Lemon. Yuzu and Lemon are my cats, by the way. Hello to Adam, who's my fiance. So, quite interesting about the ordering of that. And she always ends it with a very sort of like dramatic kiss. It's so lovely, isn't it?
1: It's amazing. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of some of the messages I get from my
0: mom. No way. So, she kind of like, she does the same thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely. so gorgeous. I always makes sure to ask how my fiance is doing how the dog is doing and sometimes when it's national poetry month she'll call even more to read a
0: poem oh my god that is just so wonderful and is it like i've kind of got i've got so many questions i'm just gonna ask two of them like what style of poetry but more interestingly like how do you feel when she's just giving you this over the phone
1: i feel enormous love and also just grateful because I know that our relationship with our parents can be difficult and tricky and complicated. And I feel so blessed to have such a unique and individual pillar in my life to look to. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we're both really enormously lucky because I certainly know people who have a very strained relationship with their mom. And yeah, I'm just very grateful.
0: Do you think she'd like me? (laughs) (laughs) That's a very cheeky question. I don't know. Do you think of yourself as like the sort of person that anyone could introduce to their moms? Because I don't know. I do, but for all the wrong reasons, like I'm mischievous, I'm cheeky, like whatever. Like I'm kind of hoping that she does because she sounds like a fantastic, fantastic woman.
1: Yeah, she is truly, you know, a unique force. In my life, and I'm always, I feel like sh- I'm good with moms as well. I feel like when I meet parents of friends, particularly their mothers, that she's equipped me with some good life skills. And I usually leave the experience feeling like I made a good impression. Mm.
0: And you know, if you've painted your mom to be a saint, Like, and she clearly is, but final question for me on this one, I've got to ask, there must be some stories where she's been a little mischievous or that you kind of like, lol, mom, this happened, like wing, wing, nudge, nudge. Like, do you want to share, like, I don't know, maybe she got drunk at a party, maybe she like, whatever.
1: You know, I wish I was always very envious of my friends whose parents could drink because they would always, you know, I used to love... Having a couple of glasses of wine with a parent of a friend because you'd see a little different side of them, and I always wanted my mom to be like that, and for some reason, you know she'd have half a glass of wine and fall asleep
0: so
1: um, <laughs> like you know, come on, but I don't know, it's just not in her makeup I can certainly drink her under the table
0: <laughs> well, but I mean. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you've shared. I really hope that one day I get to meet your wonderful mom. And when I do, I'm bringing a whole bottle, one glass for her and the rest of them for us. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
0: Brilliant.